We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Good to check in on the Nets after the trade, Nick. Yeah, it's weird. You know, we've had no Nets basketball for a couple days, and it's like a withdrawal. And it's weird because, you know, you lose two stars in Kyrie and Katie. You would think you'd be less interested, but it's almost more interesting to watch the team because there's so many question marks about what these guys can do and who they can be. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do you want to start with today? Nick, we've got a decent Google Doc going. How do you want to attack it? Where do we want to start with? Do we want to start with Brooklyn Bridges? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the Bridges. So Nick, I guess the key question, we've seen a, a, a career game for Mikael Bridges already. What do you think his ceiling is? You know, I think people, including myself, have brought up could he have an SGA-like season for the rest of this year or next year for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, given the opportunity? Obviously, there's some correlations with SJ being traded away from the Clippers, getting a great opportunity in OKC. How do you feel? I know you've sort of said that he's a bona fide number two. Give us some nuance and detail to it. Yeah, I think you look at Mikel Bridges. I think you could envision him on a championship team as either the second best player, the third best player. And I think in the second best player scenario, he'd have to be next to one of these really great stars that are ball dominant, you know, LeBron James, a Luca, you know, Giannis, somebody who like that, who's handling a large portion of the ball handling and the creation duties. But I think as a secondary creator, that's something Mikel Bridges can evolve into as we've seen this season, you know, Devin Booker being at, he picked up more ball handling, more creation for himself. I know you shared an article with me mentioning that he's had a lot more unassisted field goals this season compared to his previous seasons. And you just see the ability in his game and the comfort he's starting to hit. You know, obviously it's easy to talk about this given he just had a career night against the Heat a couple nights ago, dropping 45 points and scoring against some of the better defenders in the league, including Jimmy Butler. And I think one thing, one of his like really go-to skills is the use of his fluid mobility and his length and having that ability to use that in the mid range, you know, in the mid range, in a similar way to Kevin Durant, obviously not at the godly level, but at a really high level, Mikel Bridges is able to use his length to shoot at such a high release point and have nice elevation and create enough separation that he can get to that shot 
at almost any time against a lot of different guys. And when it's against a, a huge player or a center or a guy with incredible length, he'll even incorporate a little bit of fadeaway into that jumper. So his ability to get that shot off and knock down that shot at a high rate is probably his bread and butter right now. And it's kind of building everything off of that and what he can do, you know, moving forward. How can he, you know, use that to create more opportunities at the rim, set up his three-point shot and expand that area of his game? Because right now I think the pull-up in the mid range is really where you're seeing him cook. Yeah, it's he has fluidity. I think that's probably the best way to sort of put yep. it. For a guy that looks like lanky and somewhat gawky, yep. there's some there's a smoothness to his game. A lot of people when I posted like the the mid range jumper that you're alluding to is sort of saying we know what that type of jumper is. And I think his ball handling is something that is is quite you know quite like nifty and and quite tight as well. Like probably better a, than I thought you know, obviously not watching a ton of him in Phoenix and seeing him just for a couple games, even in specifically that heat game, you know, the crossover looked better. Yeah. And I think we got, if you were watching Phoenix games, you know, uh, before we got Mikhail on the team, he was given those opportunities in the absence of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And it's allowed him to thrive and shine in a way that he hasn't uh, across different spans of his career. Uh, at AIEX Hoops on Twitter po- posted a pretty cool stat. He said, per clean the, the glass, Mikhail Bridges has spent 54% of his minutes at point guard since joining the Nets. And that to me shows Nick and, you know, I remember Jacques Vaughn saying he wants to put the ball in in his hands a lot more. In terms of shot creation, you know, it's basically him and Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe uh, and Cam Thomas, maybe to a lesser extent Cam Johnson. You know, put the ball in your best player's hands and see what happens. Because ultimately, when it comes to the crunch, the Nets, the games matter less, I think, this year. And what matters more is player development. And you want to develop your best players, Mikael Bridges, Cam Thomas. We'll get into Cam Thomas a little bit later. But that stat, I thought, was was really illuminating to Jacques Vaughn, giving him responsibility, and he's thriving in it. Yeah, and Vaughn talked about it before. I want to say maybe the Heat or the Knicks game about putting the ball in his hands more, allowing him to kind of operate in that pick and roll. And like you mentioned, you know, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker being out in the injuries they suffered in Phoenix, it allowed him to really grow. And that's typically what you see. You know, guys get either sent to a bad situation, they get more opportunities, or somebody goes down and they need to step up. And I think for Mikel Bridges, he's definitely stepped up. It's just about how much more can he, you know, get to? How much better can he be at handling the basketball, creating advantages that way? I think another area that allows him to excel in different situations is he has elite conditioning. You know, he's probably one of the best conditioned athletes in the NBA. You see what he does defensively, but also offensively, just never really looks tired. And I think he has underrated speed. And you see him kind of come off of screens and get downhill. And now the defender is backtracking, and that's what sets up a lot of his pull-up jumpers. It's going to be interesting how he incorporates that when guys are sitting on the pull-up and he adds more to his finishing package. You know, right now, I think that can look a little awkward at times, but it's been effective. You know, you're seeing him stop with that Euro step. I think he has really nice body control. As I mentioned before, I think strength is going to be a big area for him because the deeper you get in the paint, the more physicality you're going to receive. Yeah, and in, in saying that as well, he can have, you can overcome a lack of strength and stuff with with craftiness yeah and that's sort of what we've seen with clax and, yep. and Kyrie back in the day as well and i think you know michael bridges 
you know, the, the thing that springs to mind when you, when you bring up finishing was that, you know, that missed layup against the Sixers. And I think that was just a lack of rhythm after playing 366 games straight and then missing that last one. And it, it, it relates to your conditioning thing there. This guy plays. He plays and plays and plays. Like, in he's a different a situation. You know, you're being counted on to be the quote-unquote, like, star to hit the game-winning shot. Yeah, and he's got, like, this this vibe like the, you always look to what previous teams say about players and i remember us analyzing you know what we knew about yuta watanabe which wasn't a lot in our preseason previews but what we did know was that toronto memphis all these teams loved him mikhail bridges and cam johnson like they might be more beloved than kevin durant is right now he's gonna have to earn the love of the phoenix suns fans so that's saying something we're all in on brooklyn bridges and i think that he's got great opportunities to go you know, even further to, and it looks surprised us in some ways. Who, who thought that SGA would be, you know, a bona fide all-star, fringe all-NBA player? Could Mikael Bridges get there? I don't know. To be an all-NBA player, you've got to be one of the best 15 players in the league. I think he can push 25 to 30, maybe. Yeah, I think one thing he has going for him is we already know he's an elite defensive player. You know, one of the best in the league. And I think offensively, it's going to be really interesting because, like you mentioned, Jack, how how high can he get? Can he be a top 25 guy? You know, I think it's really going to be determined in the next year or two. You know, he's he's not necessarily the youngest player, 26 years old, turning 27 by the end of this year. He's going to have an opportunity to really grow through the rest of the season. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on the Nets plans moving forward and what he can do. I think another area that's going to be huge for him development wise is the playmaking. You know, you're seeing some really good passes already. You know, there's two passes in that game that really stuck out. You know, one where he gets kind of in the congested paint, hits Cam Johnson, I think, in the corner. The ball wraps around, ends up back to him in the other corner. He knocks down a three, and then he hit clacks on like a nice lob. I think being in more of those situations going to allow him to process that information a little bit quicker. And I think you're seeing the improvement in his ability to process in his scoring for himself. Now it's processing that information and helping others score. Yeah, like I think he's a better playmaker for others than Cam. So I would say he's the second best playmaker for others on the team other than Spencer Dimity, whose facilitation I think gets underrated a little bit. He sometimes gets a little bit ball hockey. Those tendencies tend to override some of the good stuff that Spencer has done. But Mikhail has just a, a good basketball now, a good feel for the game, good understanding. And, you know, he can develop chemistry with his teammates very quickly. Just those little things that you can't necessarily teach, just like hooper knowledge for like the intangible sort of stuff that is hard to quantify yes 54 percent of the at the time of the uh, playmaking and and facilitating position you know illuminates that and gives him great opportunities to do that so i think that's something to, to really keep an eye on we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, before we move on to uh, the the other twin, Nick, I want to ask you two things about Mikael Bridges. One, do you see him being a long-term net? We've heard a lot of rumors about other teams clamoring for him even before the deadline, Memphis offering four firsts and, and the likes of that. And two, what's been your favorite thing about Mikael Bridges since being in there? Obviously, not a lot's happened so far. The three-point celebration, getting the guns out is something that I love to do. He's just got an infectious energy about him. He loves being in Brooklyn. It's just, it's something, I'm, look, that's one or two of the things that I love about <laughs> him. But what do you love about him? And do you see him being a long-term net? Yeah, and one more note on his game I also want to give him credit for. He's a really good off-ball player, and I think that's maybe what I will love the most about Mikel Bridges, his ability to develop into a truly complete player. You know, he's going to have the ability to really be good at everything. You know, we've talked about that on different podcasts about just having guys that can play basketball, and it seems like he's a guy that can play basketball in a lot of different roles. And I think watching him develop into that player is going to be awesome, and I think that'll be my favorite thing. And I think that's also going to help determine his long-term, his longevity in Brooklyn. If he if he has a really good, you know, next 24 games or whatever it is, you're going to feel more confident in him being potentially a, the second-best player in a championship team or at the very least, you know, the third-best player. Now, that's one piece that you have in, in terms of potentially contending, if that's the timeline you're looking for. I think it also all depends on what Marks is trying to do. You know, if he's trying to, I don't want to say have a quick retool, because I don't think they anticipate competing for a championship in 2024, but maybe in 2025 or 2026, then you definitely are looking at keeping Mikel Bridges. If you're looking at that full rebuild, then you're going to probably send him out and get as many picks as possible. Given, based off of what Marks and Cy have said, you know, over the course of the last 12 months, seems like they'll probably go for that quick retool and want to be contending sooner than later. Yeah, we'll get into some of that into probably our next episode before the All-Star break ends and the Nets take on the Bulls. But yeah, I, I think that all of your points are, are perfectly on the mark when it comes to Mikhail Bridges. And I'm just, uh, I, in a similar way to like the sort of, you know, gratitude I have for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving hooping for our team. I, I feel it similarly for for Mikhail Bridges for different reasons that we've alluded to. There's just something about this guy that makes him so damn lovable. And look, we we got to get making some merch for him. We got to promote the guy better. We got to get him on the pod, get a Patreon <laughs> going for him. But yeah, Brooklyn Bridges, baby, Brooklyn Buzz, Brooklyn Bridges. We might need to rename the pod, Nick. I <laughs> know for real. Um, but I think like with Bridges too, it's just gonna be like the vibes, like the feel he has. It just is 
so easy to appreciate given, you know, what's happened with recent players leaving and some of those vibes and the lack of availability and the lack of wanting to necessarily be on the court. And I'm looking at somebody that's on the team right now. You know, I think there's just a lot of things you can appreciate about Mikel Bridges, not only his talent on the court, but also just his mindset and his personality. What are your early impressions of the other twin, Cam Johnson, Nick? What have you seen from him? What have you liked? What have you dis- – maybe not disliked, because I don't think there is a lot that we too dislike a, about a guy like Cam Johnson. But what have you liked about him? What are your impressions of the other twin in Brooklyn? Yeah, I think Cam Johnson I didn't know as much about. Obviously, he's not the same level player of Mikel Bridges. He's he's more of a, a true role player, but he's a guy that also can do a lot of good things in the basketball court. I think he has a more complete game than I anticipated. Obviously, he hasn't shot super well, you know, since joining the Nets, but that's his best skill. You know, I think he was top five in the league in three-point percentage last season, and before coming to Brooklyn and Phoenix this year, he was shooting a crazy percentage. So that's obviously what that's his bread and butter and that's where he's going to score a lot of points, but his ability to put the ball on the floor, I thought has been impressive, you know, hit mid range jumpers, comfortable off the dribble. I think he's done a really nice job of passing the basketball without turning it over. Just looking at some of his stats across his career, you know, same thing from Mikel Bridges also does a nice job passing the basketball without turning it over. And I think Cam Johnson defensively is really solid. You know, he's not maybe an elite defender, but he's a really good defender. And in certain matchups, he can use his length and size. And I think, he envision I envision him as probably like the fourth best player in a championship team, maybe fifth best player. Like he could be in your starting lineup on a championship team. And obviously that's what the Suns envisioned before they traded for Kevin Durant. Yeah, he can be your sort of 3B4, you know, in, in terms of what he gives you because of the prototype that every player, every team wants. Cam Johnson is that and then some. You know, and the defense that you're alluding to, you know, picking the pocket of James Harden is no easy feat. And yes, James Harden. He's got is, good strength. He's he's really strong, and then like that acrobatic finish that we saw yeah. the other night as well, where he's like he's got the hand the behind the back handle to the reverse behind the head finish. That was that that's something I don't think you, you see from quote unquote role players, Nick. So I, I think that we heard, and I think I heard this from Mikel Bridges when he's being interviewed by Kevin O'Connor or something, and it sort of stuck with me. And you know, we speak about three and D, three and D, three and D, but like there's three and D and then more. And I think yeah. that Cam Johnson is that. Mikael Bridges is certainly that. I don't think he has the, he might not have had the same ceiling. And you alluded to like the passing and such as well. I think that's just good decision making. I think the Nets are going to have a, a billion secondary assists um, yep. for, from guys that are likes to him, as well as Dorian Finney-Smith as well. So I just think that he's got more than just you know, a, a role player in him. I think he's got more talent in him. And I think he's got more moments we've already seen from him. And I think in a situation where he's alongside his best friend, like, can you imagine me and you like being in, like you're, you're down here in Melbourne and we're getting to podcast all the goddamn time. We're in the same time zone. We're getting to do this for a living. Like that'd be insane. You're getting to do yeah. it. It'd be incredible. And I think that, you know, that the, helps. The, it, it certainly does help. I, I think intangible things about situation do help when it comes to you know how you grow and flourish as an NBA player. And and Cam Johnson is still very much in the infancy of his career. And you know, Cal Bridge is a little bit older, but I think Cam Johnson has some untapped things as well. I think a lot of that probably is defensively because he's got good size about him. He's got good strength. I think he looks a bit stronger than like sort of Mikael Bridges. Like that finish, you know, the other night that I was alluding to. Probably don't see that from many players in the league. Probably not Mikael Bridges. Like Spencer might be able to do that on on a night. Kyrie Irving, those sort of guys. But yeah, Cam Johnson is beyond a role player in my eyes. Maybe I'm 
I, I tend to sip the cool out and tend to be a bit more optimistic on our guys, but I don't know there's something about CJ that I like, Nick. Yeah, I think there's definitely more to unlock. I think um, typically when I just look at players, it's either like star, fringe all-star, superstar type of thing. So I think he's, you know, you could say he's somewhere maybe between fringe all-star and role player. You know, there's definitely more to his game than just like playing the role. But I think he's at best, you know, playing off of others. I think uh, something that stuck out, like doing some research on him and even watching him play, as I mentioned, is kind of off the dribble. He has a little bit more bounce to his game and ability to kind of throw down. You know, he had that nice dunk attempt where he couldn't finish it, you know, a game or two ago. And I think, like you mentioned, the the finish in the paint, using his body and understanding that guys are going to be trying to run him off that three-point line. There's going to be opportunities. He's like kind of what if, you know, you took Joe Harris and his great skill of three-point shooting, and then you wanted to expand that and add other areas where he could be, you know, good to solid. That's what Cam Johnson is. He really does a lot of things good to solid. And I think another thing he does off ball that's pretty good is, you know, obviously movement, but he does a nice job of understanding when to stay in the corner and when to kind of drift up to the wing to be open and available for the ball handler. Yeah, I want there to be more sets run for him. You know, I've seen a couple from from smart people on Twitter looking at you know how there's general player movement, whether it's Clack setting screens, Joe cutting, Yuta cutting, or Mikhail cutting. You know, and then suddenly because there's so much attention on those guys, Cam Johnson's left on the corner for a three. Yep. And that might be the highest end shot that you can create on offense. A corner three for a corner th- for a, a, a specialist three point shooter, the likes of Cam Johnson, who's Look, I'm not saying that I don't trust Joe Harris's three-point shot. I trust it now probably more than ever. But I want the ball in a guy's hands who can do a little bit more when he gets pushed off the three-point line. You know, We've seen Utah do some nice sort of straight-line drives. I think Cam Johnson has way more in his bag. And, and he can he pull up from mid-range. Exactly. And I think that you were sort of alluding to like, you know, role player, uh, fringe all-star, that sort of thing. I think that like I sort of think in similar ways, but I think like high-end sort of role player. Yeah. Like is Do- where's Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikhail Bridges, Royce O'Neal? The Nets have 40 billion of these guys that you could classify into you know, the role player sort of tendency. But I think that we sort of we love to speak about it because, look, basketball matters and there's, there's a variety of skills that matter to impact a game. And I think Cam Johnson, similarly to Mikhail Bridges, has a lot of skills that can impact game. Yeah. I think, like you mentioned, there's tiers to role players. You know, there's high end, there's low end, there's serviceable, whatever it is. But like you mentioned, they can just do a lot of things in the court and check a lot of boxes. And ideally, that's what you really need when you have a championship team. You know, obviously, if you have some elite, crazy talent with a big three or a big two or something like that, you can get away with some deficiencies. But for the most part, you want to have, you know, a complete roster. And I think in a way, you start to see the differences in role players like Cam Johnson compared to a lot of the guys the Nets had this season. You know, just envisioning him being on the roster before Kyrie and KD were traded, you know, it'd be crazy in the impact that he can kind of have. So it's important to kind of note the levels in which they can impact the game without stars and with stars or whatever it is. So I'm really excited to see his growth. And these guys are like almost the same age because Cam Johnson, I think, was uh, he was a little 22. older. When, yeah, he's, he's 21. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, drafted a little bit older. So Mikkel, yeah, that's all, yeah, I thought he was drafted at 21 or 22. Yeah, yeah Mikel and Cam are pretty much around the same exact age, both 26. And I think that kind of gives you an idea, too, about what the Nets need to make a decision in terms of what they need want to do moving forward. That's the final question I'll ask you, Nick, because Phoenix apparently weren't willing to offer Cam Johnson more than a four-year, $72 million deal. In the offseason, if you're Sean Marks, are you offering him more than that? Yeah, I think um, since he's a restricted free agent, you can kind of let the market dictate his price. 
you know, you obviously don't want it to drag out for a month, but I think they'll have an idea. And obviously you asked for him in a trade and you didn't move him in a three-way trade because I'm sure there was a ton of interest, you know, across the NBA and a player in his skill set. So I would assume they definitely would be willing to offer that. I mean, they gave Joe Harris, what, 18 mil a year a couple years ago. And Cam Johnson, we just talked about how he's a better player. There's no reason that he shouldn't get at least 20 mil. You know, think of the Nets were smart. They do a deal that has like a declining contract where it's starting higher and then works its way down because the Nets aren't going to probably open up cap space in the next year or two. But after Ben Simmons is either on the last year of his deal or potentially expiring, that's when cap space starts to become an idea again. Yeah, that'd be really clever. And and I'm hoping Cam Johnson gets to stay alongside his twin and in Brooklyn and the Brooklyn Bridges and the twins get to be together for a long time. But any final thoughts, Nick, before, you know, in the coming days, we'll dive a bit deeper into the rest of the team and, and the Nets going forward. Just really excited for these two. Obviously, it's disappointing when you lose a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant, but at least there's some excitement with these young guys and what they can become. And I'm already excited to watch them play the Bulls on Friday. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.